0: Welcome to the Send and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Louis Nichols. In my day job at Sparkloop, I spend all my time helping the best newsletter operators and media brands in the world to grow their audiences. So I get to see firsthand what growth tactics, strategies, and channels actually work, which ones you should copy, and what mistakes you should avoid. And now, with this podcast, you get that access too. Every week, I sit down with a different guest, from industry experts to successful operators, and we go deep on the stuff that you need to know so you can become really effective at growing and monetizing your email audience. Today, I am over the moon to bring you a conversation with Becca Sherman. Becca was an early employee at The Hustle, rising to become the general manager of their daily newsletter before leaving to found a new media venture, Workweek, with fellow ex-Hustle superstar Adam Ryan. Becca, I've got no idea how to even begin explaining what Workweek is and what it does. Can you help me out?
1: Workweek is a B2B media company. We work with a collective of B2B creators mostly folks who have started their own newsletters and or podcasts sometimes people who have been journalists and don't have their own audience sometimes folks who have a couple of thousand newsletter subscribers sometimes folks who are founders of their own businesses like Nick Sharma and have a newsletter and and want to take some of that work off their plate and work on a team and we our goal really is to pair the very best operators with amazing creators to help everyone be in a place to do what they were born to do. Salespeople can sell, people who are uh, growth marketers can grow those audiences. We can create efficiencies across that collective of creators and give a place where everyone can really be supported in doing what it is they do best. And. Uh, building up the audiences they have for their content.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And for people who maybe have seen some of these newsletters, but haven't seen your name behind the scenes, can you give a couple of examples of the kind of newsletter, the kind of creator that you're working with?
1: So we break it up into a few different types of creators that we work with. When we launched, we went to market with about four or five folks. Almost all of the creators to start were people who had newsletters of a couple of thousand subscribers, maybe a podcast, but mostly newsletter creators who had a couple of thousand subscribers, under 5,000, and one person who I would say was an undiscovered creator, someone who had been a traditional journalist at a fintech publication and knew she wanted to get her own voice out into the world and write in her own way with her own opinions and personality and joined Workweek. And so we started that way. And over time, we've started to work with more and more creators of all different types, um, including some folks who are founders of their own businesses and or have really large audiences, but are not sure or don't necessarily want to go it all alone. Maybe they want to figure out how to take ad sales off their plate. They want to figure out how to take marketing or growth off their plate, and they come on and, and work with us. So we have uh, cannabis publication, climate tech, fintech, marketing, and like I said, some folks who uh, just got started, like What The Fintech, and Nicole Kasperson, to folks who have an established newsletter, like Nick Sharma and his weekly D2C newsletter.
0: I mean, I understand the the value that the creators are getting out of this. Obviously, they get the whole back office support, all of that kind of stuff, basically, I guess, in effect, like a, a whole kind of media company backing them. What's in it for Workweek?
1: It's really, for me, something we believe in and I need to have a poster slapped on our wall. A rising tide lifts all boats. And we're able to put people, like I said, in positions they were born to do. People who want to focus on sales but don't want to copyright and do 10 other things. People who want to focus on marketing but don't want to deal with all the other stuff. Operators and creators who want to be able to focus, do things they're excited about, um, and be that rising tide that lifts all boats. And so the creators who come onto our team, get to benefit from having this broader network and Workweek on the flip side can build a broader network um, where we can do things really efficiently across all of these brands, sell ads, launch other types of products and services that it makes it much more efficient to build these businesses.
0: Nice. And so you're taking an ownership stake, I'm assuming, right, in, in the publications, if they're bringing a publication to you already?
1: Sometimes. we expect over the next couple of years to work with hundreds of creators and have hundreds of different types of agreements. There are some people who come on full-time and we acquire their brand or their IP. Sometimes we collaborate and create that brand together and sometimes we we don't. So it really is different all across the board. I think you'll see lots of different types of creators work with us and and we really do expect to have many different types of arrangements but The overarching goal is to create this really powerful collective and and we've seen that we can all be bigger and and win win bigger together and so we're trying to find really creative ways to do that and work with many different types of people
0: it sounds to me like you're betting quite strongly on sort of individual personal brands as being being a a driver of growth obviously you have your own workweek brand and you see kind of elements of that a little bit scattered throughout some of the newsletters and the publishers that you work with but i mean you're not working in the traditional way that a newsletter or a lot of industry specific kind of niche publications work right so if i think of some of the people you know we work with we come into contact with they will have an existing audience and they will bring someone on as a creator and they will bring them on to to write good quality stuff for their existing audience right they already have the audience and they're bringing in someone to create content or to create value for that for that audience Whereas mm-hmm. there's not much overlap in terms of audience yet between the, <laughs> the brands that you work with yet. You're really sort of betting on them to be able to drive audience growth. I mean, with your support rather than saying, hey, plug into our network of people who are waiting to, to subscribe. A
1: little bit of both, definitely to start. Um, we are increasing the overlap and and right now we have two or three, two soon to be three fintech creators, one, two soon to be three or four marketing creators. And so that overlap we believe will increase over time and you will be able to kind of get plugged in. One of our core beliefs though is that people follow people, not institutions. And so as things have changed, as work has changed, you know, most of us are not going to work in suits and ties or heels. We're going to work in, you know, Lululemon and sneakers. And we're not as interested in following these traditional institutions, whether it's gigantic media corporations and kind of traditional media or or anything else. And so, all of the creators who come to Work Week—a uh, line I've kind of used in the past and one that I think stands true—is we're really trying to build the Avengers of media. You have these individual superheroes who are their own person, their own individual. They can do things by themselves, but when we're all together, we can build something much bigger much bigger together both from a growth and revenue perspective and and also just a a broader business perspective other things we're launching so we put a lot of effort into having the workweek brand kind of be there and be around but be in the back and i hope that over time when you see someone is affiliated with workweek that's a signal that this person has authority, they're credible, it will be fun to be in their audience, but it is still very much them. And they are not working to build up just the Workweek logo and the Workweek brand. Much more interested in our creators working together, learning from each other and sharing each other, especially as we have more content overlap to help each other grow versus lifting up Workweek to the forefront.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have an interesting follow-up question from there, but since you mentioned that I have to ask, if you know you're in the creators of the Avengers, what does that make you? Are you which Avenger, which Avenger are you?
1: <laughs> I think our operators are somehow some conglomerate of Samuel L. Jackson in the background. We're sitting in the back. We have a team who is their support team, and we're trying to lift up those individuals and give them all the fancy suits and all the tools and all the things they need
0: to to fly. Fair enough. Very diplomatic. Okay. Cool. So <laughs> if you're betting on the you know people follow people, which We hear a lot, sounds totally plausible to me. I guess that means it's really important to you at work week to be able to find people will follow if that's not too complicated. So how do you identify that? Like if you're looking at, let's say, I mean, there must be a lot of creators, publishers who'd be interested in working with you. How do you kind of look at those? They're all in the early stages or reasonably early stages. You know, they probably don't have like a hundred thousand email subscribers yet. How do you kind of look at those and go, well, this person's got it. This person, maybe not so much.
1: Something Adam and I have discussed a lot is we just consume so much media and there is a bit of a subjective taste there and being able to, I don't wanna say a diamond in the rough, but kind of like being able to spot things that others might not see. The big questions we have for creators are, what are your ambitions? Where do you want this to go? Do you want this to kind of be something on the side and it's fun for you on the side? That's awesome. But that might not fit into kind of our plan, at least right now. And so there have been creators who we've loved talking to and it just didn't make sense for them to join because they wanted to do something different, uh, something outside of the, the model we're building right now. And so I think that really is the biggest thing is we'll talk to anyone if they fit in this kind of B2B space. Big things we look for are personality, making work fun, like not talking about work in some really traditional uptight white paper kind of way. Do you have a lot of personality? Are you willing to make a spicy take um, and say what you mean and say what you think? Are you down to be active on social media, things like Twitter and TikTok and talk to people like they're humans? And so if those baselines are met, the next thing we're looking at is what is the quality of your content? and. As of now, most of the creators on the Workweek team are former operators. They are people who have been in the trenches of whatever industry it is that they're writing about. Typically, they're folks who are just so passionate about the the industry they're working in, the place they're in, that they just started writing about it on the side or podcasting about it on the side. And so there's kind of like a, a sweet spot for us right now of folks who want to grow an audience. They're excited about being a content creator and dedicated to that. They're really knowledgeable um, and are able to be, I don't always love the term thought leader, but they can kind of be a thought leader in their space. And they want to take some type of next step. We work with a lot of folks who are like, well, I would love to do a podcast, but man, I like don't want to edit that. What, how do we do that? I don't know anything about podcasts. Or I know my newsletter could support ads, but I don't know how to sell ads or I don't want to deal with selling ads. And so there are a lot, there's a lot of crossover where their folks who are ambitious, want to grow things are experts in their space, talk to humans like humans, and then we can team up together to kind of build out their media into maybe more channels and, and a bigger audience.
0: It's interesting you say that because I, I think often when I talk to, to people who start off as solo creators, solo publishers, operators, at a certain point, especially if they're personally branded or quite strongly, like if they have like a you know a lot of hot takes, it's their personal opinion that people are interested in, they end up almost on like this it's what I call like a golden hamster wheel, right? Like you, you're making money, but you have to keep pu- publishing every day. You have to keep talking to advertisers and keep selling and, and doing all of this stuff. And you can never take like three months off and just go and do something. So often they will try and like move out of the hamster wheel, right? And like push someone else in or like, you know, a metaphor breaks down then and like, you know, bring people on, onto on the team. I, I guess in a way what you're saying is like, you can kind of let them like go further for longer in effect because you have like all of the, the people around them supporting them in a sense.
1: I think the golden hamster wheel is a phrase I, sh- I can probably start using, and one that people, a lot of people, will relate to. Burnout is definitely something we've talked to all of our creators are about, creators about, and something we're really conscious of. And the very first thing, as Adam and I were thinking about, you know, what work week would be, the very first thing we made was a culture and benefits document, and we. You know, we're asking ourselves, what type of place do we want this to be? How can we make this a really positive and supportive environment? And what values are, are we going to drive? We're very value-driven. What values are we going to put forth on our team? And also, what are benefits as we've talked to, you know, hundreds of creators of these past couple of years, what are things that they want and need um, to go full-time or to keep going on the, on the golden hamster wheel? And it's, you know, things like PTO and parental leave and healthcare. And we tried to put together a really just awesome, truly awesome benefits package that would make everyone excited. And we try to uh, build in a lot of PTO and the way we work around that is collaborating with creators, giving them space so they're not doing all of these things. They aren't selling, they aren't marketing. They're really focused on the stuff that they love doing. So dialing them back off of the craziness of trying to do it all, working with them to create content in advance of you know vacations or other times. And then as they kind of hit certain points, building up teams around them. And so we now have two folks on our cannabis publication, for example, And each of them could take some time off comfortably without everything just just fading away. And so we're trying to solve on both ends.
0: Nice. And when it comes to the, the, the revenue side, for example, what are you seeing there? I mean, is everyone monetizing the same way at Workweek?
1: Pretty much something that is core to our business is creating efficiencies across all of these brands. And one way to do that is to create really similar ways of monetizing every creator where we could do things a little bit differently. Some people really love podcasting and have said, you know, well, I would love to you know, do some type of special series podcast that someone else might not do. Right. But in general, we're creating pretty standard ways of monetizing across all of these creators and then listening to their audiences, the creators, what they love and want to do, and also their audiences, what they love and, and want, want from them, and trying to find new things to bring to the table outside of those standards as we grow and, and as they hit um, certain points of scale.
0: Are there any revenue streams, revenue channels, monetization options that you're really excited about looking forward? I know we've had sort of, we've had an interesting couple of years, right, where it's been Advertising is the worst thing in the world. Subscription revenue is the best. And then, no, advertising <laughs> yeah. is like the best thing in the world. Subscription revenue is stupid. Why would you do that? And all that, like yeah. that's been happening in the last two years when you haven't been able to do events, which otherwise would also potentially yeah. be interesting. What are you most excited about, like over the next two years?
1: Yeah, man, it is funny. the The advertising subscription battle will go on forever. I'm sure.
0: And we should maybe just say you have intimate experience with advertising, right? You, you were very early on at The Hustle um, doing a lot of that stuff for, for a couple of years. So we have to like take your, your bias into account.
1: <laughs> yeah, my bias is that I, I love ads, but our goal is to not have ads make up more than about a quarter of our revenue over time. There is a uh, balance to strike always. And so I believe subscription can be a great revenue driver. I think advertising can be a great revenue driver and and a great way to bring in cash so you can do other things. We have some announcements coming up soon for different ways we'll be driving revenue. So there are some things I'm really excited about that I can't speak to just yet, but two big ones that we're tackling right away and um, are out in the, the world already this year are events. I am really excited for in-person events especially, to be coming back. And we have an amazing head of events who's had a ton of experience and um, excited to let her loose and and build a lot of different types of events for creators across the U.S. right now. And also our venture fund. And obviously it's a long tail revenue driver, hopefully, but it's been really exciting to build this venture fund, uh, the Workweek Venture Fund. It's something that all of our creators can tap into and they get to keep the carrier on their investments. And so, you know, we really believe that These folks have their ear to the ground. They're experts in their niches. They'll be able to identify incredible investment opportunities. I think something unique about Workweek, which I haven't said, is we share revenue with every single creator on the team. So everyone we we aim to give a healthy base salary to, but every creator has RevShare, or profit share on everything that they do and everything we build together, including like I said, the venture funds. So keeping carry on on their investments. And there are a lot of a lot more exciting things coming soon. But for now, the fun and, and events are two really big ones that I'm excited to to get out to the world.
0: Awesome. Well hopefully we can have you back at some point to to share more of the the exciting stuff that you're doing there. In the meantime, why don't we talk about audience growth? I guess we have like this unique position at the moment where you obviously have this experience of having seen a really big media company Grow their email audience really quickly but sort of one email audience really and now you're coming into like the the complete opposite where you have a lot of different soon hopefully hundreds of of different newsletters and operators who are all in the beginning stages all doing you know with slightly different audiences doing slightly different things slightly different frequencies what are some of the like the first things that you're approaching when it comes to to growth with them what are like you know you get a new team member a new creator in and you say right here are the first couple of things we're going we're gonna to do together on the growth side.
1: One of the very first things we did uh, was hire someone, bring on a team member Adam and I have worked with before. His name is Jay Warner, and he is the person driving a lot of that strategy. He led Growth at the Hustle and the Information and, and Jerry News previously. So he's been an incredible asset to the creators and the team. Another thing we're looking for when we're bringing on creators is, are they some, someone who has been able to drive some organic growth? Have they been able to build an audience of a couple of thousand folks by themselves, we do believe organic growth and like continuing to give them opportunities and give them the support they need to be really consistent is really important. We're also looking at paid channels. And so that's something that Jay leads and looking at paid channels really thoughtfully segmenting subscribers and running tests based on the channels that we use to determine what's working well. And also referral programs, which, you know, I, I evangelize Spark Loop everywhere I go, but referrals and creating opportunities for creators to create an audience flywheel where they're driving driving more people back to their publications. So we're always looking for that consistency across channels to drive organic, looking at paid channels and running tests, all sorts of different places, but looking largely at Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and other social media channels. I love SwapStack and swapping with other newsletters who are not you know, necessarily direct competitors, but places where you have similar content and can help each other grow. I always recommend that to folks as well. And over time, I'm really excited to run more tests and be in channels that um, aren't necessarily as proven or as obvious, but keep that going. And then hopefully some like giveaways and fun things like that too. But those, I think I listed
0: off. Is there anything that isn't working so well today that you saw work particularly well at the hustle or vice versa? Is there anything that wasn't such a big thing that now you're seeing actually, I don't know. I mean, TikTok obviously wasn't so much of a thing.
1: Something that, Adam and I were very aware of as we were building, is over time, over these past couple of years for everyone, The Hustle and Beyond, Facebook advertising has gotten increasingly expensive, wildly expensive in some cases. And finding new channels to invest in has been a big focus for us. Thinking more about SEO has been really important for us. How can we make really great content that uh, can live online and be visited and, and thinking of thoughtful ways to do that. And also, you know, we're really going after audiences who, because of the model we have and the content we're creating, we're okay if those Facebook tax are a little bit higher. But that I think for most publishers, it's really hard to acquire subscribers from Facebook the way it was back in the, the kind of golden days when the hustle and morning brew and the skin were getting started. And I think things like Sparkloop and Swapstack for many creators can be really incredible channels where they can do things for free or really low cost and try and work around some of the, the kind of muscle that bigger brands have on.
0: I mean, when it comes to, especially the growth side of things, you mentioned you're willing to be a little bit flexible in terms of CAC, customer acquisition, well, subscriber acquisition cost, I'm guessing. What are the metrics that like you're sitting down with Adam and Jay and the rest of the team and saying, hey, across our brands are like for a specific creator, these are like the the metrics, the numbers that we actually really care about. Because it brings me to kind of one of my points and why I'm, why I'm quite excited about Workweek. I mean, we see creators and, and media brands every day at Sparkloop, and some of them are doing really, really well, and some of them are just not really growing at all when they come to us. And I'm convinced that a large factor in whether you're doing like really fast growth or really slow growth is just kind of how professional you are and how fast you expect to grow. And that seems to be more and more true. And I think having something like Workweek kind of behind you as a creator that can come in and say, look, these are the things that are important. No, you can spend a dollar or $2 or $5 or whatever on a new subscriber. They won't pay you right back immediately, but it makes sense from a business perspective to do that. I think that's just so important. And I think as if that becomes normalized, you're going to see people approaching this in like a much, much more effective way.
1: Definitely. And- Something you mentioned there was payback cycle, and I think something we are able to offer the creators who are coming on the team is more leeway in that payback cycle. The core metrics we're looking at on a daily basis are engagement rates, so particularly the ratio of unique to total opens. I think that's a really important metric to understand and to look at. We're looking at, from a growth perspective, what percentage of subscribers are coming in from paid versus organic channels and trying to hit really specific benchmarks on the organic side and keep that really high. And we are looking at then over time, you know, as we are monetizing in different ways, but at least at the the front with things like advertising, what is our revenue per subscriber on average on a monthly basis for each of our publications? And what are those payback cycles like? And so our goal is to, of course, make that payback cycle really fast um, and do that through having a diverse revenue mix that we can drive up the LTV of subscribers and, and get them paid back quickly. But I do think, you know, things like subscriber LTV and, and payback periods it's something that is sort of like the next step in professionalizing newsletters and growth and it's not something something that I think goes missed or or is uh, maybe not as understood until you you've kind of reached a certain point So I would say those core like engagement metrics of unique versus total opens the growth stuff of keeping organic entry organic growth, benchmarks high. Those are things we're looking at all the time. And so like, are we efficiently building the audience and how much are we able to monetize those subscribers? And it's another you know, great thing in B2B. And, and like I said, about being able to be more flexible with CAC, sometimes because of how we're able to be savvy with our metrics on the back end, we can say like, ah, yeah, you know what, this channel, it's totally fine if the CAC is, you know, over 10 bucks or whatever it is, because we know these subscribers who are coming on are really, really engaged and making sure you're segmenting your growth metrics and knowing what channels, not only are driving high volumes of sub- subscribers for you, but maybe lower volumes of subscribers that are much more engaged is way more, way more important. And I think we're looking at other larger newsletters, something workweek, you know, we aren't looking to build, I mean, it would be great someday, maybe if, if some of these newsletters have a million plus subscribers, but really we're looking at creating niche audiences that are really focused and audiences for experts in these spaces. So you don't need necessarily a million or three million subscribers on those lists. You need, uh, you know, a couple of tens of hundreds of thousands to make it a great business and and drive up LTV.
0: Yeah, well, I I love that. And I think it's it's going to be so interesting over like the next I don't know eighteen months, twenty four months, something like that to see because it's you're really taking that approach of finding let's say a hundred or a thousand. Creators, each of whom will have a thousand, ten thousand, maybe twenty thousand email, you know, contacts, an audience of their own, but with like a hyper-specific niche. And then you take, for example, what maybe a morning brew or an industry dive or someone like that is doing, where they have one sort of brand, and then they're now desperately trying to niche down into all of these smaller ones, where they're are starting, you know, newsletter for this with ten thousand subscribers, newsletter for this with twenty, thirty thousand subscribers. It's gonna be so interesting to watch, like both of you approaching this from completely different angles and ending up with something that from the outside probably looks similar. Um, but it'll be interesting. I mean, it you know, just from in terms of like audience size and stuff like that. Um, so it'll be very interesting to, to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, definitely interesting. I mean, those are badass businesses. So we've learned a lot, a lot from both of the, the businesses you mentioned. And I think there are so many ways to approach it and so many so much room for a lot of people to win in all of these niches and all these spaces. And like I said, something that's really core to us is a rising tide can lift all boats. And so how can we build this great network of creators and start building more overlap across our creators? Um, is something we've you've already probably seen or anyone has seen as they're they're kind of paying attention to who we're announcing and, and who's coming in next. And you'll see more of that. But we're really excited to work with, you know, hundreds of different creators, like I said, and and create a place where Workweek can be that underlying authority. And if someone sees Workweek, they're like, ah, we know this is going to be really good.
0: Awesome stuff. And where can people go and find out more about Workweek? Where can they find you, follow along, see how things go?
1: Yeah, definitely, follow us, at, find us at workweek.com. And we are at Workweek Inc. on Twitter. And on Twitter and, and on Workweek site, the main thing you'll see is we, are trying to help you discover all of our creators. So if you get to workweek.com, you can click on creators um, and see all of the folks who are working with us, follow them on Twitter, subscribe to their newsletters, see their podcasts, they're all there. And same same with our, our Twitter as well.
0: Awesome stuff. Is there anything Becca that I should have asked you that I didn't?
1: I don't think so. Nothing comes to mind. Nothing comes to mind right now, but this is always a lot of fun. And like I said, I evangelize Spark Loop all the time. So really appreciate you having me on and, and asking us to participate.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm so excited that we get to work with you. It's been a lot of fun watching what you and Jay and Adam do with the the referral program and all the different tools there and kind of testing it to its limits, which is
1: uh, a fun experience.
0: Appreciate your
1: support. Yeah. I know we've, we've been getting in the weeds. So yeah, exciting, excited to see how that will grow as well, but really excited to be working with you too.
0: Cool. Well, Becca, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Louis. Good to see you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Send and Grow podcast. If you liked what you heard, here are three quick ways that you can show your support. Number one, leave us a five-star rating or review in the podcast app of your choice. Number two, email or DM me with some feedback with your questions or with suggestions for future episodes. And finally, number three, share your favorite quote from the episode on social media and tag both me and our guest. All of the links for that are available in the show notes and whatever option you choose, I am really grateful for your support. Thanks and see you next week.